Thank you for joining Auto Network Reports. I'm your host, Roosevelt, and this is our award-winning podcast. And we have with, with us today again, he just couldn't stay away, Mr. Mark Vaughn. Thank you. back by special request. We also have Tia hanging out somewhere in Texas. We have Mr. Dave Bolt, and we have the sassy chick, Dawn, hanging out. Well, I don't know where Dawn's hanging out. But anyway, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to watch Auto Network Reports. Today is the first day of Black History Month. So I thought we'd just uh, share some share some black history with you. And we have, who do we have here? Our good friend, Mr. Frank Washington. Frank, nice guy. What a nice guy. Frank, uh, unfortunately, passed away last year. Yeah. And Frank and I go way back. Uh, Frank is, I would say, the epitome of an, an automotive journalist, along with Mr. Warren Brown. Uh, they welcomed me to, the, <laughs> to this space years ago. And Frank and I would always... If we were on the same wave of an event, we'd take a walk through the city. And we did many city walks discussing everything in life. And we saved, we, <laughs> you know, we, we shared a lot of things personally. And we solved many of the nation's problems on those walks. But anyway, I want to thank you for uh, Mr. Frank Washington. We also have another, if I can pull it up one of our friends make black history and i'm not i'm not good at this as you all can see but anyway where is he uh here he is somebody you might know <laughs> this is remember this is interesting considerable amount of money and time in that car what? so it's very important that you take all the time needed to be sure this is the car that meets your expectations and needs. The driving tip for this week is the test drive. Now, without further ado, let's talk about our car of the week from Mr. Greg Morrison. If I can ring Greg and see if uh, he's available. Listen to this, morning. folks. I guess we're a little early to be calling Greg, but let's give it a shot. I just love this part, calling people. You never know what's <laughs> going to happen when it's live. Sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. Good Greg. morning, Roosevelt. I knew Greg would be there. Hey, Greg, how you doing, man? I'm doing wonderfully. Are you watching this show on your web? Yes, I am. I'm sitting at my computer watching on your web show, and it uh, <laughs> looks pretty good. How's the uh, audio? Uh, say again? How is the audio? Audio is much better. Oh. Um, uh, we're getting better as we go along like the auto company. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Speaking of that, they're having a hard time on the hill this week. <laughs> yes, they are. I was just reading some of the testimony um, from the CEO at all 50 states. Uh, this is a diesel. Again, meets emissions in all 50 states, including... It's like watching person to person. 
but this That's is awesome. this is this is how we used to do it back in the day. <laughs> I I I like how that meets uh, emissions in all fifty states. See, we know how that turned out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it didn't. <laughs> Good to see him though. He was he was. I liked hanging out with him too. But it's it's interesting to see back in the day how we did the so-called live stream. That's that's awesome. Technology evolving. Okay. I don't know if you ever heard the well you paid attention to the dial tone, but it was a dial up phone. Yep. <laughs> Actually called people. I did I did one with uh, Damon Damon Lester. Oh Damon. President of Namad back in the day when he first started with them and his receptionist answered the phone and I had to wait for a while. <laughs> So I had to fill in while I was waiting for the receptionist to get him. But anyway, that's a, that's some that's some Black History Month, what I call Black History Month nuggets. I posted some others on on Facebook and LinkedIn for today. But sticking with Black History Month, let's get into what I always like to say, my PSA plug, that's if you know an African-American male that's 30 years or older, please make sure he visits his urologist and get that PSA exam. It's that little prick that can possibly save his life. And this is definitely the month to do that. So without further ado, let's, let's talk about Ferrari the movie. Dave, since you brought this up, give us an intro and in, into Ferrari the movie. I know Tia saw it. I'm not going to tell her what, tell Mark what she did during the movie, but, <laughs> and then we'll have Mark chime in with, with his well, thoughts. And to be sure, I suggested Mark uh, guest with us, given the fact that I felt he could provide the more balanced perspective of the movie and Ferrari itself. But uh, it is described obviously as a racing movie. It involves the Mili Miglia of 1957 and Ferrari's participation in it. And But within that, it's really a more personal look at Ferrari himself, his uh, marriage, his uh, mistress, his uh, offspring, the death of his first son, Dino, and uh, all that comes into play when you run an organization that is responsible to a lot of people and, of course, responsible to yourself. Uh, as an enthusiast, you really can't be an enthusiast without appreciating what Ferrari has done in the race world and the marketplace. But at the same time, uh, as a movie goer, you hope that uh, the non-enthusiast can enjoy the movie also. And uh, this is a script that moves along pretty nicely uh, at both 160 miles an hour during the race and uh, in the movie itself. I don't know that all of the uh, characterizations are as compelling as they might be, but Adam Driver does a heck of a nice job playing the title character. Penelope Cruz does extremely well playing his wife, uh, essentially an abandoned wife. And uh, the cast of characters and the representation of the cars themselves are just amazing. Uh, there was a real effort to make it feel authentic. And uh, I think they succeeded in doing that. So that's, that's the setup, if you will. And uh, Mark, hopefully you can fill in the many blanks I've left. I, I would say, uh... I I was so appreciative that they had went to the lengths that they did to create the cars as accurately as they did. The cars are beautiful. That Maserati 450S, I just want to steal it from the set and drive away in it. The Ferraris 
They knew exactly which Ferraris they were. You know, they were they, they look kind of the same, but they are they are different uh, models with different engines. They uh, recreated uh, Pieri, Piero Taruffi with um, the uh, McDreamy, that the actor. Yeah, he's he is actually the high point of the movie. He has like three or four lines that he says, but he's he's smiling and he's joyful, and th that really stands out because the rest of the movie is so so. Um, I don't know. It, it's Sorry. just there's no yeah. <laughs> Was somebody say something or somebody has a dog barking? Maybe uh, <laughs> sit. So um, the the problem with the movie for me, I think, and for a lot of people, was that the way that Adam Driver portrays Ferrari is as this uh, unsmiling, very focused, Machiavellian kind of uh, anti-hero. You can't root for him because you don't like him. He doesn't come across as nice. And in writing about this movie, I, I wrote several stories from different angles about it. And you look at pictures of Enzo when he was younger and when he was forming the various teams that he worked on and for, including Alfa Romeo and another team called Costruzioni Nazionale Automobili or something like that, uh, that you see him smiling. You see everybody around him smiling. I think the real guy was very charismatic and was capable of great charisma. And it's not portrayed in this movie. You just see this dour Adam Driver going like, yes, we are going to win Tuesday. And you know, like a guy crashes and dies and he goes, turns to the guy next to him and says, you're the new driver. Things like that. Uh, just uh, it didn't work out. So far, they have um, only made $36 million on a cost of, I think, $95 million. So they have a ways to go. They might not make it. <laughs> they, they might actually lose money on this, which is unfortunate. But uh, it, I, I enjoyed the movie. But I enjoyed it from the point of view of somebody who knows, like probably you guys do, enough about Ferrari and the cars and the times to appreciate the accuracies, the historical accuracies, and to be a little miffed about the historical inaccuracies. But uh, I would say if they had just lightened it up a little bit, you know, throwing a joke here or there, <laughs> more people would have gone to see it. Uh, I think Penelope Cruz's uh, performance was, I'm surprised she did not get an Oscar. In fact, there are no nominees in any category for Oscars even for this movie. Even technical categories. In, I, I didn't see any in any categories, just no. in my looking. So maybe, I don't know if there are some, I missed them. But uh, it's unfortunate. I really thought Penelope Cruz would, would get it. She is just every woman who has ever been, you know, wronged in any way. And she carries that and expresses that so well and so powerfully. I was just like, yeah, you tell him, man, don't don't let him treat you like that. I just wanted her to, you know, stand up. And she sure did. She did such a great job in there. But uh, I, I really got to say it came back to the cars and they were just just beautiful, beautiful cars. And I thought even though the the exact I mean, you could find fault with the exact sequence of which car appeared where. And, you know, they weren't that close on the Mila Milia. There's no G pronounced. And I learned that from John Kleinert. He. He straightened me out on that. <laughs> but uh, I, I think I appreciated that while wishing it had been more of a compelling story. I don't know. I assume, did you guys all see it? I did. I did. It was kind of dark for me. Yeah. It was a little dark. Yeah, I love Penelope. When she shot that gun, I was like, did she really just shoot him? But she didn't. She shot the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and then remember, like, remember she, like, when oh, she's renegotiating that memories. contract. She she brings she she part of the contract is that she gets her gun back. 
I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, without being too tangential, how would you compare the movie to Ford v. Ferrari? Much more, much more of a story in Ford v. Ferrari. Much more of you could identify with him. You really liked Ken Miles in that. I wish, I mean, again, that was a story, a movie that clung too much to the historical accuracy and was too concerned about that. I think in Hollywood, to make a movie, to make anything, you have to sort of just give up on some facts and just tell a story. You want an underdog? I mean, the, the cliche is boy gets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl, something like that. You know, and, um, I think that that was, that was kind of missing from both of them, but I I felt Ford v Ferrari was uh, a more compelling movie, a more engrossing movie, and uh, and the, this Ferrari movie was, um, you know, as Don said, it was it was dark through the whole thing, kind of. Mm -hmm. it, it never let up, and at the end, you're like, you know, the boy didn't get girl, you know, <laughs> underdog didn't win. Boy, it's boy just almost the... got shot. No. <laughs> that was that was a great scene. I agree with you. On it, that. Was. it was it was actually one of my favorite. It to go back to what you said about McDreamy, I was like, oh, McDreamy. Like, I was so excited to see him. And, like, he was really good in this one. So. <laughs> he was. And he was, he was smiling, which just mm -hmm. I found, you know, he, he was a likable character. He's only in there for a minute. Now, we all kind of know him because, you know, we get to interview him every now and then. And he's the same way in real life. And he's just this buoyant character. And, you know, this little bubble pops up in the middle of this dark yeah. movie. And then, it, then he's gone. Yeah. Then there's a terrible crash and there's guts everywhere. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> that that yeah. filming of the crash was kind of amazing. I mean, it just kind of took your breath away. I agree, and it was historically accurate, but I don't need to see all that. Understood. They could have, yeah. they could have you know, implied the terrible violence from down the road shooting there and people screaming or something, but I don't need to see the right. I won't go into what was shown. But uh, you know, you need Gray's Anatomy to uh, pick out the various parts. It was for, right. and, for, and for that, and for that, we have Patrick Dempsey. Indeed, indeed, yeah, yeah. yeah doctor, uh, a Hollywood doctor. Let me <laughs> let me ask you a question about the historical uh, facts about the movie. Who started the company originally? Was it just one person, two people, or? I believe uh, it was started by Enzo, but, uh, and uh, this is not clear. And in, in ha you know, doing a little bit of research on the subject, it, it appears that uh, he at some point had to hand over the company or ha more than half of the company to his wife, played by Penelope Cruz. And so she did have a lot of control. She did do a lot of the bookkeeping and she was uh, not liked by anybody in the company because she insisted on a lot of things that, you know, she kind of poked her nose into places it wasn't supposed to be. Uh, there's a really good book by uh, Luca Del Monte about uh, Ferrari, and it goes into a lot of that detail. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, there's there you go. Was it started just for racing or just he wanted to have an expensive car for the luxury market? He uh, was a racer and racing was all there was to him. Famously, everybody always says that he built uh, road cars uh, that customers could buy in order to finance the racing. And now if you look at the Ferrari empire as it stands now, um, way more than uh, half of it is the of their income is from uh, the marketing of the Ferrari name. And there's that Ferrari World amusement park in Abu Dhabi. I mean, just selling hats and T-shirts, they make more money than anything else it's uh very and the successful. logo 
the logo, the prancing horse was on the, uh, the nose of the fighter aircraft of a guy who was, I think, from the same town as Ferrari and uh, flew in World War One, and uh, flew that this was, uh, I think, either the logo of his uh, of the town he was from, you know, Modena, or it was uh, his squadron's logo. But Ferrari was so impressed with this guy that he kept that and used that. Uh, the prancing horse became the the logo for Ferrari. So th there's a lot of stories anywhere you look. You could just go down a whole bunch of rabbit holes and find out uh, interesting things about the history of Ferrari everywhere. But I will say, and I'm sure we've all had a lot of time in Ferraris. Those things are amazing. So whatever they're doing, I salute them because they're they're cars now. And I, I the first time first Ferrari I ever got in was a 348. So that was way back when. And oh my goodness, that thing was amazing. And uh, the Ferraris now, I think the last one I was in was the SF90 or the 296. And uh, man, they're just so well engineered. They're like the perfect absolute sports car. So whatever he started back in, uh, in the post-war uh, Italy, it's gone on splendidly. I, I can only speak for myself, Mark, with regard to testing Ferraris. The last Ferrari I drove was when I was selling them in 1987. And uh, the, good, the good news is I got to take them home. And that was the era of the 328, the Mondial, and the Testarossa. But uh, I've not had a Ferrari press car. And at this point, I, I think it's realistic to say I won't get one. But uh, I understand your appreciation of them. They, uh, they remain consistent. Uh, obviously, they're, they're elevated in terms of point of entry but they remain very consistent in terms of what a Ferrari means. And uh, you look at a Ferrari and you instantly know that it is a Ferrari. And that really can't be said if you're looking at McLarens, maybe Lamborghinis or uh, some of the others. Or well, you can say it about McLaren. McLaren's uh, fantastic too. Well, yeah, uh, and McLaren has a purity, but you know, from a hundred yards away, I'm, I'm not completely certain it's a McLaren. And uh, from a hundred yards away, I am, completely certain it's a Ferrari, but that oh, might, be my, might be my eyesight, Mark. That's a, another movie waiting to be written. I think the four of us should get together and do a screenplay, just a treatment, send it off to Hollywood. I'm out here in LA. I'll, I'll drop it at uh, the appropriate places. Do a That's story on, on Bruce McLaren. You know, the New Zealand guy came from uh, nothing and built up this racing empire. And the, the company is still in business now making fantastic sports cars. So. Well, I will admit us. that I have never driven a Ferrari. We got to rectify that. Somebody, yes. <laughs> somebody, anybody watching this broadcast, get Roosevelt a Ferrari. <laughs> I, I love the design. I love the look, but I've never driven one. They are as fantastic as they look. I'll say that. Now, wasn't there, I guess some backlash against Ferrari and people were kind of boycotting the company for some reason. Are you familiar with any of that? Yeah. Well, the crash in uh, the, is depicted in the movie in the 1957 Mila Milia is uh, uh, that was a, a big scandal. Now the race was this race, 1000 mile loop around Italy. And uh, it was on open roads here in, in Mexico, just South of where I am was La Carrera Panamericana, which was also on open roads, you know, thousands of miles in, uh, in Mexico. And I think there was the same thing in Argentina. There was an open road race and people would just line the roads and it was just this disaster waiting to happen. And in the 1957 Mila Milia, 
as portrayed in the movie so brutally, it happened. It finally happened. And I think it was 11 people killed, including the driver and the co-driver. And, uh, you know, children were killed. It was a huge scandal. And they were calling for uh, the end of road racing. And in fact, that was the end of open road racing in Italy. And uh, ultimately throughout the world, there was another terrible crash the follow or two years before at Le Mans where, boy, something like 90 people were killed. Mm -hmm. It was very dangerous uh, sport back then. Um, nowadays you look and you know, the, the fans are pretty well protected. It's very rare that something happens. That's really bad. Thankfully, uh, the drivers themselves are, uh, a lot more protected than they were back then. So the, but in it, it is portrayed. The danger of the sport is portrayed way too accurately <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, didn't the Italian government go after Ferrari in terms of a prosecution that was later dropped? Yeah. And it took, it took like four years, you know, they, yeah. it's, it seemed like a political thing. You know, we have to, as, as Ferrari says in the movie, if you want a scapegoat, here I am. And mm -hmm. so they, they went after him for several years, but then ultimately it wasn't, it was not his fault, you know, who allowed this country of Italy to become a racetrack? You know, the, the whole country was behind it. it was, they just loved it. There's so much national pride there and uh, it didn't work out. <laughs> Now, Mark, now that the movie has come out, have you seen or read, heard of uh, any attention given to Ferrari as a result of the movie? Are they getting a lot more? I guess FaceTime. You mean like our sales going up or something? That's just the company itself. Have you read whether they've said anything about the movie? Did they, you know, did they actively participate in in the production? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you on that. I have not heard. Uh, I'm sure that they were aware of it. And the film, it was filmed in Italy. So it wasn't like uh, Ford v. Ferrari where they filmed it at Willow Springs, which, you know, you could say was legitimate, but also at uh, Fontana, which you know wasn't around then. And I guess in a couple tracks in Alabama, which uh, stood in for Le Mans. But they did do a lot of filming in Italy. I'm sure that the uh, company was aware and, you know, maybe uh, got some benefit out of it, but I, I, I don't know their actual uh, participation. How, how do you rank the racing films that you've seen or are aware of, Mark? And I, I guess you, you can go back to the 50s, but uh, I, for me, it was Grand Prix in the mid-60s. And uh, a spin out with Elvis, easily the best. You know, uh, I was He's watching like I, I was watching Priscilla the biopic of Priscilla Presley on the plane coming out to yeah. LA and spin out wasn't referenced once. I, I got Viva Las Vegas, I, but not, not, not spin out. That's clearly a snub. That's a, a snub. Uh, no, uh, let's see the greatest movies. I liked Le Mans the most Steve McQueen. There was right. almost, almost no plot, almost no dialogue. And yet it was just so cool. But I, I love that era of sports car racing, the 917, the 956, 962, which came after this, this, uh, Le Mans was all nine seventeens and the drivers who were in that <clears throat> were the, you know, Dan Gurney was in it. Uh, every, all the current uh, mm -hmm. at that time, current top, top crop of drivers were in it. So that was good. I agree with you that, uh, the movie Grand Prix, John Frankenheimer's Epic, where he followed the actual Ferrari circus or not Ferrari. I'm still thinking Ferrari, uh, where the Grand Prix circus throughout Europe. I thought that was great. I 
I couldn't stand Eva Marie Saint. I just, I don't know why she was in it, but uh, <laughs> the rest of the, the rest of it was, was really good. I liked that a lot. I thought that, uh, uh, what was the one just a few years ago with um, Rush? Uh, yeah. The, the Nikki Lauda, uh, James Hunt. Yeah, that was Rush. That, I thought that was really well done again, because we know a lot about it. And so we know what was happening with it. Um, and it was, it was kind of good. Uh, I like that. So I, I haven't come up with the top 10. I don't know. Fair enough. Well, it's, yeah. it's a column if you do. Right, yeah. right, after, right after you do that McLaren treatment. Yeah, yeah. We're all going to get rich. Don, you're in on it too, okay? Yeah, I'm in on whatever you said, getting rich. I didn't hear what you said, but. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to write a, another missed- Hollywood, Hollywood movie about racing. So. Uh... Okay, okay. We can make it more light this time. I like laughing stuff, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you but, you missed the most important part there, Don, talking about getting rich. Right. Speak, speaking of rich, yeah, Mark, what? what, what... Go ahead, Don. Oh no, 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 it's okay. Speaking of rich, Mark, what are, what are the Ferraris selling for these days? Oh my goodness! Um, when I started paying attention to Ferraris, you could get it for like a hundred twenty thousand, and oh man. Um, probably over 300 just to get into uh the v8 transverse uh mid-engine v8 and the front engine uh v12s are probably over 300 i you know i don't have a price for you uh right this second but i i could look it up what does a ferrari cost (laughs) (laughs) while you're doing that i was okay 393,350 for a oh for the puro which is the the uh, the god-awful suv so that's like a 400 grand for that thing. Now, if you want to get into a, uh, oh, the SF90 Stradale over half a million, the uh, uh, Portofino M, which is a nice car, quarter million. There you go. There's a rough ballpark of. Uh, and from racing. what I understand, you have to be on the list to buy that's one of those. You just can't go into the dealership and say, I want this particular well, one. Once our movie hits, we're going to, they're going to come to us. So, uh, <laughs> You know, start picking, start shopping now. I saw that on now. TikTok. I wasn't sure how accurate it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the list. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, Jay Leno, famously, he has a car collection over 200 cars, 100 motorcycles, and he refuses to deal with Ferrari just because of that buying process that you referred to. Mm. You you can't just saunter in and, you know, and say, I want this new model. To get that new model, you have to have bought, like, four or five others this is what i hear because unfortunately at this point i am not in the demographic to purchase that (laughs) we will all soon be but uh at this point no no i've actually spent a little bit of time at ferrari of beverly hills you know because you pick up some press cars there sometimes and you see the people in there and they sell a lot of used ferraris there because i think a lot of people don't really know they're used ferraris (laughs) and they're taking their money here you go sir and also, you can buy pre-owned Ferraris with low miles because people don't buy them to drive, apparently. And, and you can do that in the low six figures, uh, depending upon what it is you're shopping for. So there is a, a bright spot for those that uh, aren't multimillionaires. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Used and it's the same with uh, mega yachts. I wrote a story on mega yachts at the Monaco Yacht Show. If you buy a 10-year-old mega yacht, you're paying pennies on the dollar. So. <laughs> It's like instead of instead of like a, a billion dollars, you're paying like a hundred million, which is easily affordable. And then all you have to do is fuel it. Yeah, well, there's that. No, that's why you buy a sailing yacht. See. I see. Okay. Yeah. 
Any other I'm jealous questions? though that you and you and Dave got a chance to like test out the Ferrari. I've never been in one, so I just kind of dream and like look at it. <laughs> well, Roosevelt is going. To, Roosevelt's going to be called on, and you could make arrangements to meet Roosevelt for the uh, testing of it. Yes, yes, I will. Yeah. If if that's any, if, if that's anything like the existing client <laughs> climate for for invites to anything, I'll never hear from. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, do you have a favorite Ferrari? You know, the newest one that I buy is always my favorite. I don't know why. They seem to get a little bit better every time. I have not driven the Puro Sang yet, uh, or I hope I'm saying that right. I don't speak Italian. No capisci italiano. So uh, I, uh, but uh, I, I think that I like the the transverse mounted V8 versions, the the 296 GTB, the SF90, the most recent ones I've driven, but every ferrari i've ever driven i just loved uh so okay. i guess that makes me a ferrari slappy or something <laughs> well i'm stunned you'll get in one you guys will get in one it's it'll happen you just got to believe and you know I, yes I'm, I'm just speechless. I guess I haven't really been in one because it's not something that has excited me. You know, I'm not into. I check your somebody check Roosevelt's pulse. He may yeah, have passed into, away. Into the oh, race. Right? <laughs> I'm, I I'm a little more. AI. That's not the real Roosevelt. That's AI. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little <laughs> more down to earth. You know, realistic cars that people can actually go out and afford to purchase and drive and talk about, not just buy and stick in a warehouse someplace and hope that their buddies who also have cars in a warehouse will stop by and they can talk about them. <laughs> I, I think once you drive one though, you'll completely change. You'll, you'll love them. So. Yeah. You wish, you wish more cars at accessible price points were not specced like Ferraris, but at least created that level of excitement like Ferraris. Uh, I was, uh, it's only semi-tangential. I was in the Mullen Museum yesterday, Mark, Mullen Automotive Museum, which is devoted, if you're not familiar with it, and it's about to close, but devoted to Bugattis and other French marks, largely from the 30s, pre-World War II. And there's a great deal of emphasis not only on the cars and their mechanical aspects, but the art deco design movement that was both influenced by the cars and what influenced the car's design. And you just wish that there was more of that, admittedly, 90 years later, that went into car design today. Today, today the, the press releases start with what the infotainment consists of on the dashboard. And there's very little given to the design or the people that went into their construction. And, and I wish, frankly, there was just more of that. Uh, hell will freeze over before there is, but uh, it would be very, very nice to see on at least some level. You hope the Fiat's, the Alfa Romeo's could communicate some of that, but, and they're trying, but they really don't sell the public on that notion. Yeah, design uh, is important, I, I grant you. But if you ever look, like I've seen, um, I went up to the Mullen Museum and I got to drive an old uh, uh, Citroen Dion, which is this cute little car, which is sort of the everyman car for a French family car from the fifties and sixties. And uh, I, I just love that thing. But if you, I've seen videos of uh, Peter Mullen, uh, may he rest in peace, uh, driving his, uh, you know, the Bugatti uh, type 57 Atlantique, I think it was. And it doesn't, it doesn't look like a particularly engaging car to drive. It's um, so if you, 
you have these great things that look like they'd be fantastic to drive and they're not always so oh. mo modern cars are as you say they are they're making what people want to buy and that is crossover utility vehicles with great infotainment interfaces right right yeah yeah well put mark if you, if you don't make it as a screenwriter you could uh, be a flack for an oem we're gonna make it Don and Roosevelt and a Bolt Productions. That's going to be. That's a, we'll have a Hollywood address on um, on uh, where where would let we me, have it? Let me let me ask you a final question, Mark. When you're behind the wheel of one of those Ferraris, what's your concern about damage or somebody else not paying attention and uh, and they happen to they happen to ding you a little. I, I am terrified of of scratching anything that I get, particularly really expensive cars. I just, thank God they took it away. Yesterday I had a uh, Bentley Flying Spur, and I have right now the Lotus Amira in the driveway. And for some reason in my driveway, the neighbor put in this little curb, a cement curb. I don't know why. <laughs> and that thing scra can scratch a wheel, and that's like 150 bucks to get that scratch taken care of. So I'm very worried about that i mean this whole business is sort of based on trust they know they can trust you with this car in addition to getting you know a story out of it that maybe people will read but uh so i am very concerned about that but at a certain point you realize it's just a car and you have to drive it like with the bentley i had to go out to palm springs and then i had to go out to edwards air force base and i i thought maybe i shouldn't put that many miles on it. and i thought no it's they gave it to me to drive i'm driving it so i put maybe 500 miles on it in the time that i had it so and yes, you are you are very aware that you shouldn't screw this up, but uh, for any number of reasons. But uh, you just after a while, you just drive them like cars, and some are a lot of fun. Great. Final comments, Dave. Don. Well, I, I think before we do the McLaren treatment, we ought to do the Colin Chapman Lotus treatment. I, I, I think uh, there's more meat there, possibly, just based on the well. Let's talk about that off off camera. But uh, I think Colin comes before Bruce. Great. Really? Well, Colin, Colin's wife was also very active in, in the company. So we could get a strong female role and, you know, male role. And did Hazel okay, have, did Hazel have the a founding? The fa no, but the founding of this of this uh, production company that we have just done, I think, is very promising. I'm going to quit my day job. And, uh, <laughs> and then we can all wind up suing each other. It'll be great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, uh, moving right along, I want to thank all of you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to watch our award-winning podcast, Auto Network Reports, and it will win another award next year just because of having Mark on twice. Yeah. It took me years to get him on. Now I can't keep him away. <laughs> I'm here for you, man. Anytime. Well, thanks, thanks again, Mark, for your time, Dave, for suggesting that we have a discussion about Ferrari. As I mentioned earlier, it's not something that's on my radar, nor have I been in one. But anyway, I guess Dawn and I will have to make sure that we get in touch with Ferrari and they'll Just send believe. us a model, Dawn. They're not going to let us get behind the wheel. Just <laughs> believe. <laughs> but as always, please buckle up, don't drink and drive. Buckle up, don't text and drive. And buckle up and enjoy Black History Month. Check out my Black History Month nuggets that I posted on Facebook and LinkedIn. And also, please subscribe to the social media of each one of the panelists. Show them some love, some hugs, some kisses, whatever they do out there. 
Thanks again, guys. Enjoy the weekend. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.